Welcome to the 3D Parent Podcast. My name is Bevan Walters, your host and founder of The 3D Parent. I'm a certified parent coach and have spent the last decade living my calling in life, helping parents navigate the tough stuff like tantrums, sibling conflict, screen time overload, and managing the transition into the teenage years. My purpose is to provide you with the tools you need as a parent to lead with dignity, direction, and deep connection in your family relationships. My goal in creating the 3D Parent Podcast is to inform, empower, and increase confidence in parents so they can trust their instincts and make the best decisions possible for their families. For these reasons, I've rated this podcast FPEO for parents' ears only. Parenting is challenging, but you don't have to do it alone. Welcome back to the 3D Parent Podcast. So today you're going to get to hear another parent coach session where I'll work with a parent on a specific parenting challenge and together we'll explore the background on the issue, identify the root causes and problem solve solutions. I'm going to be offering suggestions with a 3D parent approach in mind and encourage as always parenting with dignity, direction and deep connection. So let's get started. I want to welcome my parent today who's coming on the podcast, Elizabeth. And I'd love to hear from you a little bit of a background about you and your family, your family members, what you all do for work, the age of your child, and something that your family loves to do to connect with one another. Hi, I am Elizabeth. My daughter is four. Her name is Lainey, and my husband works in tech here in Seattle, like so many people do. Uh, and I actually am a massage therapist and I have a home office. So we have a little bit of a unique situation in that I work from home during the day and my daughter goes to preschool. And then when she's not in preschool, she's home with a nanny, which is interesting because I'm here as well, but I'm not in charge of her. And my husband and I met doing theater in the area, which has been really awesome for our family. We're all very invested in the arts and we do a lot of shows locally. Dan is more into improvisation and I've been doing more musical theater. I do a lot of choreography for theaters in the area. And we connect as a family. We like to think of weekends as our like quiet downtime. We like to watch movies together or we'll play or we'll try to go to the park. We have a little dog that we take to the dog park a lot. And that's kind of our sacred family time. And that's how we connect. And, you know, my husband and I have both been in shows, so we haven't had as much of that time, which has been a little bit rough on us, but that's kind of what we're doing right now. <laughs> Great. And I'll just jump in here and just let everybody know that I actually met Elizabeth because we're currently in a show together and we connected from both being parents. And then I told her about my podcast and we kind of got to chatting and thought, oh, it'd be really fun to do one of these parent coach episodes mm -hmm. together. And she's also the first guest I've been able to have on my show who's been listening to my podcast. She hasn't listened to everyone that's out there yet, but she's listening along and kind of checking in with me as she goes. And I would love to hear from you, Elizabeth, anything that you've tried or that has made an impact on your parenting, the good or the bad in terms of mm -hmm. how you're interacting with your daughter since listening to the 3D Parent podcast. Well, I think the thing that's really made a difference for me so far is just the idea of looking at your child from a place of curiosity and as a science experiment that really hit me. 
it's easy for me to get overwhelmed when she's doing something you quote unquote don't want her to do. You know, she's starting to act out or she's starting to be defiant for lack of a better word. And I would get overwhelmed and kind of shut down and thinking with curiosity and as a science experiment really helped me to like remove my emotions from the situation. And then I was able to be more playful and more open. There was less fear for me about doing something wrong. And it's worked a lot. You know, I realized that she has this instinct to role play her needs in the moment. She has a lot of little dolls. And the other day she was saying, you know, it's, I need to take Aurora to bed. And I realized that it was getting close to bedtime. So let's use that. Let's get Aurora ready for bed together. And you know, it worked really well and everything went super smoothly. And instead of having her jump from that transition of like, you're playing now, now let's go to bed. We made it very smooth because we used the play to transition to bed and it just worked so much better than some of the other techniques I've been trying. In the same vein, sometimes like today we were going out this morning and she was in the car and she said, I just want to stay in the car. And I just said, no, you can't stay in the car. (laughs) It's cold. It's wet. We're going inside right now. And she said, and you know, I could have thought like, what are the ways I can do this without just shutting it down? But I was cold and wet and she was cold and wet and the garage was cold and wet. And I just said, nope, this isn't happening. And Luckily, you know, it didn't end up in a tantrum or anything, but that would very easily be the kind of thing that would end in a tantrum most of the time. And I just thought, well, that time I didn't hit a home run, but, you know, other times I am. And sometimes it's just hard to think outside the box when, you know, nope, we have to go inside now. (laughs) Fine. It's all a balance. That's something I talk about Mm -hmm. with my coaching clients a lot. You're not always going to have the time and the energy, the luxury to make this incorporate play or really connect. But I always encourage you to mix firmness with kindness. And it's okay to say, mm-hmm. no, hard no, we're going in the house right now. But parents don't have to fly off the handle or yell at their kids or get really frustrated. Mm-hmm. You can be firm and nope, I'm drawing a line, we're going in the house. And if a tantrum happens, a tantrum happens. It might need mm-hmm. to happen sometimes. I'm sure you've experienced that where sometimes your child sees that as a frustration and they melt down. But on the other side of the tantrum usually is a child who's a little bit more agreeable. So sometimes mm-hmm. that can be a really helpful thing. But I love yeah. that you shared about thinking about your relationship and looking at your daughter with this sense of curiosity. That was really helpful for me when I first started getting exposed to this Mm -hmm. different way of looking at parenting and then also incorporating play and how that can be so connecting when you need them to do something that maybe Mm -hmm. they might be resistant to. When you connect and lead through that connection through playfulness, yes, absolutely. They kind of will just follow along and it can be Mm -hmm. so much more pleasant than just commanding or demanding or resorting to threatening and things like that. So that sounds awesome. I love that you're finding some positive impact already. So let's dive in today to the challenge that you wanted to hash out. Just go ahead and start by sharing this issue and any of the history, how long it's been going on. And also feel free to include any solutions that you may have tried up to this point mm-hmm. and any results you've seen from those. And I might ask some questions as we're going along to kind of help us dig down and again, look at this with some curiosity and examine the root cause of the problem. And then we can start brainstorming some solutions. Mm-hmm. Great. So Lainey is definitely the kind of kid that, you know, if you are trying to get her to do something, you have to be creative about how you go about it because she likes to be in control of herself. She likes to be in control of her body. She likes to be in control of what she's doing. And she's always been very much the kind of kid that, you know, if it's time to leave the park, she'll run away or she'll yell at you and, you know, maybe throw a tantrum. And she used to do more things like hitting and biting when she was younger with all of us. 
across the board. But as she's gotten older, that stopped with me or my husband. But our nanny, she continues to hit or bite or she'll grab our nanny's face or, you know, sometimes she'll even do it to the dog. But that sometimes is like because she's trying to get some attention from somebody. And we've expressed to her multiple times that like it is not okay to hurt our nanny, who is not just our nanny, but actually a close friend of our family. You know, one of the worst instances, and it'll get fewer and farther in between, but then it will happen again and it'll happen in a big way. Like on Halloween, our nanny and Lainey were walking to Target, which is nearby, and Lainey actually ran into the street. And when our nanny caught up with her, Lainey turned around and grabbed our nanny's face and then hit her. And I mean, I would have been the same. Our nanny was completely like flabbergasted. Like, I need you not to run away. I need you not to hit me when I catch up with you. It was so bad that day that she even said, like, I don't know, like if I were you, I might consider taking away trick-or-treating. Like, we ended up saying that she can't go trick, that Lainey wasn't allowed to go trick-or-treating unless she went on a leash. <laughs> because if she's going to run away, then we can't trust her to stay with us. So you have to wear a leash and that's what you get. And I was actually pretty proud of that. So I thought <laughs> that like a very good consequence versus like, I'm just taking away trick-or-treating altogether, which felt very big and potentially like a four-year-old wouldn't be able to put the cause with that action. Um, we've talked a lot about it. We've actually had her assessed for like sensory issues or neurodiversity because I actually have full disclosure, I have ADHD. So it wouldn't, you know, be surprising if she did. And she can get very tunnel vision. Like I'm doing this thing. I cannot stop doing this thing. I need to keep doing this thing. And one of the things that works for me is if I make my voice really big or I make my body really big, if she's doing something that's not okay, like hurting the dog or jumping off the couch or whatever, if I change my demeanor or I change my voice a lot, it sometimes shocks her out of that tunnel vision place. And one of the things about our nanny is she's so gentle and so quiet and so loving and kind that I think sometimes she lacks that a power of presence to kind of pull Lainey from that tunnel. And I think that when she's in that tunnel and she gets pulled out of it in a way that isn't the way I would do it or my husband would do it, sometimes she lashes out physically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've talked to our nanny a lot about what are the things you can do. And she's tried a little bit of those kinds of things, but it doesn't work for her in the same way. So that's kind of where we've been with it. I do... I do think it's tending to get better. I think Lainey is getting bigger now and she's starting to understand more. But she also does do, like yesterday they got in a fight, a tantrum, and our nanny was trying to get her to go potty. And Lainey really doesn't like to be told to go potty when she feels like she doesn't want to go potty. And so they had a big tantrum. And then Lainey actually turned to her and looked at her and started reaching toward her face in like a menacing manner. Like, I know you don't like this, so I'm going to do it. You know, and that's the kind of thing that blows my mind. Like, are are you a teenager? Are you a four-year-old? Like, what? <laughs> you do it right, but you know it's as you said it, it's getting better. It used to you used to see this aggression, um, mm-hmm. not just with the nanny, but also with you and your husband, and that's mm-hmm. gone away. But I'm curious, does she have other forms of aggression towards you and your husband when she gets frustrated? So I would be thinking of things like maybe verbal aggression, mm-hmm. so maybe like the yelling that I hate you's, I want you to die, mm-hmm. things like that. That would still I put in the category of aggression. Or the other thing you can sometimes see is self aggression, self attack, mm-hmm. um, where kids will actually physically hurt themselves. They'll, Mm -hmm. you know, bang their head um, on something hard or they'll say, I want to die or I hate myself. So some type Mm -hmm. of self-attack. Are you seeing that with Lainey when she's with just with you or your husband? So as you know, I've been doing this show and I've been gone a good amount. And when we were in tech week, which is super busy, long hours, late nights, I wasn't around very often. 
almost every night I would leave and she'd yell like, uh, I don't love you anymore, you know? So yes, there have been that kind of thing. And, you know, this morning I went in, normally when I get her up, I lay down with her and want to cuddle. And she said, I don't want you in my bed this morning. And I was a little like, okay. I said, do you want me to go back to my bed? And she said, yes. And so I did, you know, Mm -hmm. because I I respect her boundaries. I'm not going to force myself to snuggle with her if uh, she doesn't want it, but Right, yeah. but she's communicating that something's hard for me right now. Something's not working for me right now. Yeah. So aggression is kind of this really interesting thing to explore. And it's something I actually went into with more depth on my episode eight that if you haven't had a chance to listen to yet, I encourage you to do so. It might be helpful also for your nanny to listen to it as well because I go a lot deeper into what aggression is, where it comes from, why it arises in kids. It's not always for the reason that we might have thought it was. Aggression is really what happens for kids when they don't want to feel something that is very vulnerable. So when there's an underlying feeling that they just don't want to face, a lot of times kids will lash out in aggression. In Lainey's case, if you kind of think, okay, so she's lashing out in aggression primarily with your nanny when you're not around and she gets frustrated. Why might she be lashing out in aggression at those times? What is the underlying feeling that for her might be overwhelming and she doesn't want to feel that feeling, so instead she goes into attack mode? So do you have any sense of that? I mean, the obvious piece, you're not around. Her Mm -hmm. primary attachments, her parents aren't around. She may have a great relationship with her nanny and they may have a really strong relationship, but it's not the same depth that she has with you. So that to me would probably be the thing that would jump out the most. Does that resonate with you? That That's hard. Separation is hard for her. It is for all kids. But do you think that rings true for Lainey? I think it does ring true. I think there's an added layer in that when our nanny is here, I'm usually here also. So I'm here, but not paying attention to her, which I think could probably be an even like almost harder, you know? I would agree with that because it's really yeah. hard to kind of hold on to two people and to follow two people at the same time. Mm-hmm. Kids instinctively, they need to kind of know, who am I supposed to be following right now? And it might be a little bit confusing or a little bit tough when you're there, but she can't access you. And mm-hmm. so it's hard for her to kind of turn her attention, um, kind of her attachment towards her nanny when she knows you're there. It doesn't mean it's an impossible situation to overcome, but you have to kind of approach it with a um, a lot of intention. And I'm sure there's a lot of things you're naturally doing, but we could brainstorm a few more things to make that particular dynamic a little bit easier for her to manage. So again, getting back to kind of the aggression and why kids have it, it's a defense. It's basically, they become defended from feeling feelings that are too much to bear. So Mm -hmm. when she's stressed and something happens that's stressful, she's frustrated, she feels more comfortable being in that discomfort when she's with you or your husband, but a little bit less so when she's with her nanny, which again, is not surprising. She has her deepest attachments, which are with you and your husband. Doesn't mean your nanny's doing anything wrong. It's just, that's basically the depth of her connection that she's feeling between the different caregivers, you and your husband primary, and then her nanny would be kind of next in line in terms of her more day-to-day interactions. And then for teachers at her preschool would fall in there as well, grandparents, other family members or friends with whom she has a lot of interaction. She has attachments with all of these people. These are all part of her village, but some of them might need a little bit more work and tending than others to continue to deepen and strengthen that bond. And we'll get into that a little bit more. So 
just to dig in really quickly, briefly, again, I encourage you to listen to episode eight to get more of an understanding of what to do. But in the moment when Lainey acts out aggressively verbally or with self-attack or in the cases with your nanny physically, it's definitely important to come in there and acknowledge you're having a really hard time right now. You're letting your hits, your kicks get away from you and I'm going to help you. So that's kind of the language I would even encourage you and your nanny to use. I'm here to help you. You're having a hard time right now. A lot of times because this act of aggression can be so kind of triggering, Mm -hmm. it's shocking. It's like it creates a lot of alarm for us as caregivers when our child is coming at us with attack. Sometimes it can physically hurt and that surprises Mm -hmm. us. And so we laugh, oh, that hurts. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of times parents think, I just have to kind of approach it in a different way. I need to buy a book for my child and and read to them about why it's wrong to hit or kick. Mm If you approached Delaney and she was calm and connected, or if your nanny kind of went to her one day and they were kind of having a good time and playing a game and everything was kind of calm and you or your nanny said to Delaney, Delaney, is it okay to hit or kick? What do you think she would say? Oh, she definitely would say, no, it's not nice. And yeah, she knows that. So it's that there is proof. You don't need to just teach her or buy another book or explain to her one more time. It's not okay to hit or kick. She knows that. In these Mm -hmm. moments, she loses control. And at her age, at four and a half, this is not an easy thing for her to do, to be able Mm -hmm. to kind of keep control. Now she's showing evidence of that. Yesterday, instead of actually lashing at your nanny, she just kind of put her hands up and looked menacing. So she's showing that, okay, she's starting to kind of build in some ability to resist the urge to just react. And that's great. That's something that we want to start seeing developing in kids. It's something they become more capable of doing typically between the ages of five to seven. And what Mm -hmm. happens at that age and stage is their ability to kind of mix their emotions and feel more than one emotion at a time. So she could mix a feeling of, okay, I'm really mad and frustrated right now about this thing, but I also remember that I care about this person. So I'm going to resist the urge to attack and remember those caring feelings. And instead, I'll just stop my foot or instead, I'll just hold my hands up or instead, I'll just say I'm mad or something else that is going to be less reactive and show some evidence of being able to resist an impulse to attack. So that's coming. It's something that she's already showing some ability to do, but she'll be getting better and better at that as she gets a little bit more mature and a little bit able to integrate and feel more than one of motion at a time. So in the moment, I encourage you to kind of say, I'm here to help your hits and kicks. I know you don't intend to hurt, so I'm going to help you. And to actually pull down and restrain the arms, do something to kind of help her, and then communicate you're doing this to be a help. Um, sometimes parents think, okay, is that going to provoke her more? If you're using the language of, I'm going to help you, you're really frustrated right now. They know that you're here to help. But the next thing you do when you're trying to send the message that I'm not going to let you hit or kick, you need to remind her, and this is the part that's kind of like not necessarily instinctive in the moment. You need to remind her of the thing that set her off in the first place. Because Mm -hmm. remember, this is something she's doing as a defense. She doesn't want to feel the feeling that she's trying to avoid. So let's say there's been a limit that's been set. Nope, sorry, you can't watch TV right now. It's not time for TV and she lashes out in attack. I'm not mm-hmm. going to let you hit or kick, but I understand you really wanted to watch TV right now. I've said no. If you get stuck with, oh, it's not okay to hit or kick. Now that you've hit or kicked, we're going to issue some type of punishment or consequence. You're mm-hmm. not allowing her to feel this feeling she's trying to avoid. So you actually want to point her back towards that feeling. You want to kind of walk her back towards this thing that set her off in the first place. Now, when it's Lainey and her nanny, very likely the underlying feeling that's really hard for her is separation from you. 
separation from her husband, even though it might seem like, oh no, she's just mad that I won't let her play with this toy. If she has this big aggressive act, I know you're really sad that you can't play with that toy and you wish your mommy were here. Do not be afraid to suggest to your nanny that she actually bring that up because that a lot of times is what is underlying when there's an issue around separation. It's hard to be separated from your primary caregivers. So don't be afraid to go there and encourage your nanny to go there and bring that up because what that will do is help her face this underlying vulnerable feeling that's really hard for her to feel and hopefully get her to feel those feelings, the feelings that are hard to face. You're trying to get her to embrace those feelings and feel sad about them and ideally cry some tears about it. And then the nanny or you, if it's a situation where you've been involved and she's kind of lashed out, you can be the one to help comfort her and help her kind of adapt and feel those really hard feelings. Mm -hmm. So does that um, make sense? We've kind of talked about in terms of how to handle these acts of aggression. Does that make sense before we kind of move on to some other suggestions? Yeah, that really does. You're right. That's not anything I would have thought of in the moment because the minute the hitting or the kicking or what have you starts, you immediately start focusing on that and the bringing it back around to how it started isn't something I would have thought about. So that's helpful. That's great. And that's, yeah. that's something that'd be really helpful too, um, especially since you're seeing, your nanny is seeing a lot of this. That's something that'd be really helpful to kind of help make sense of for mm-hmm. her as well. So she kind of knows, what do I do in the moment when this has happened? We need to kind of help Lainey feel those tougher, more underlying feelings. That's going to be the key to getting her out of this kind of cycle of aggression that she can get into. And also for her developmentally, it's really important for her to not kind of be self-programmed to try and avoid vulnerable feelings. We need her to become more comfortable in the discomfort of those uncomfortable feelings. Hey there, parents. Are you tired of feeling like your kids are in charge at home, negotiating, demanding, and generally calling all the shots? Well, then I have a free resource for you called 10 Steps to Get Back in Charge of Your Kids. Just click the link below to download your own copy. Let's get you back in the driver's seat. One of the toughest things for her being this feeling of separation. It's hard for her to be separated from you when you're not there or when you're home, but she doesn't have access to you. So some suggestions that I might make for you to kind of help nurture the relationship between Lainey and her nanny. You want to try and help continue to deepen their bond and their connection. You said that Mm -hmm. she's been a part of your family's life for a long time. They already have a good basic connection, which is wonderful, but all of us can continue to intentionally work to deepen that level of connection and attachment that our children feel with their caregivers, including you and your husband, including her nanny, her teachers, and so forth. So when you are talking this through with your nanny, I would also suggest that you make some, give her some ideas of ways to kind of deepen this attachment between the two of them. I went into this with a lot of detail on my episode three, developing a deep connection with our children. That would be something that could be really helpful for your nanny to take a listen to because I give lots of ideas of how you can deepen attachment at every different age and stage that the children are at. You might want to help her draw attention to ways in which Lainey and her nanny are alike that they're similar, that kind of helps with bonding. Oh my gosh, you both are wearing red today. Um, is red your favorite color too? It's her favorite color too. Hey, what's your favorite mm-hmm. holiday? Oh, Christmas is both your favorite holiday. Isn't that neat? Helping them find ways in which they're the same, in which they're alike is very connecting. You might even help Lainey make a gift or a card or something she can give to her nanny to kind of help foster more of a feeling of a deep connection between Lainey and her nanny. That can be really helpful. You can do 
what Dr. Gordon Newfeld, who I've done a lot of research and study with, he calls being a matchmaker. And when he talks about, if you think about romantic matchmaker, who kind of connects two people who might be strangers initially, and then helps them deepen a connection. Um, one of the things you can do to kind of help the matchmaker, like I said, encouraging things like writing little notes back and forth to each other, a little like love letters, but also you can share with Lainey some things that her nanny has shared with you about, oh my gosh, Lainey was so adorable today when she did this thing. Don't keep that from Lainey. Share that with Lainey. Oh my gosh, do you know what your nanny said? She said today that when you gave her that big hug and kiss, it was the sweetest thing ever. And oh my gosh, she just adores you. And she feels so lucky that she gets to be your nanny. Sharing those little things with Lainey helps Lainey feel more attached and connected to her nanny. And that can continue to foster and deepen that relationship. And you can do the same thing in the other direction too. And you probably already do this, especially since you've had an ongoing relationship with your nanny. You want to help to deepen this connection, this attachment between Lainey and her nanny, because that's going to give her a natural authority. Like you said, she's maybe a little bit more soft-spoken. And so maybe sometimes Lainey doesn't perceive a sense of authority that she does perhaps more so from you and your husband. You've been there since day one, so you already have this naturally deeper connection. But if the connection with the nanny, sometimes Lainey doesn't feel the sense of authority. It may cause her to react in the ways that she is sometimes being very demanding being very much trying to be in charge. That can also be a defense from feeling not necessarily 100% trust that the nanny can take care of her and can handle her, especially when she is having a tough time. So it's important that you encourage this deepening of this attachment because the greatest power that any of us can have with our child is this natural instinct kids have to want to follow those to whom they feel connected. It is just the golden rule of parenting that kids instinctively want to follow those to whom they feel connected and attached to. Now, they may have a great connection, but if in a moment, and same thing with you, you may have a great connection attached with your child, but in a moment when she shows that resistance, thinking really intentionally with how to deepen and reconnect and turn on that attachment energy is going to be the key to any of you getting Lainey to kind of fall into that dependent mode where she wants to naturally follow and obey and listen to those who are taking care of her. Does that make sense, talking about that attachment energy? Yeah, it really does. I really like the idea of the matchmaker because I've noticed the more that I play with her, the more that I create our day as being like fun and playful, the more I see that kind of willingness, like you said. And I feel like anything I can do to foster that between the two of them would also create that. So yes, it's making sense. Great. As you mentioned, I thought it was really insightful that you talked about her having kind of just a different demeanor and maybe a little bit less comfort. You talked about sometimes making your voice bigger or your body bigger. And that's a really smart insight. Now, sometimes parents and caregivers can use that to kind of take advantage of children's smallness and to kind of parent or control based on fear. And that's something I would discourage. However, when I talk about, you know, parenting and having like a foundry, firm lines, being firm yet gentle and kind, sometimes it does come with this posturing of being, you know, that mama bear, the one that is saying, nope, absolutely not. That's not going to work. It doesn't always have to be lovey-dovey and cutesy. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you do really need to provide this strong alpha presence for our children, for them to know, oh, okay, no means no. Oh, okay. I I need to fall into line. And might that sometimes result in some frustration and tantrum? Sure. That's okay. You know, kids are allowed to have these emotional responses to being faced with frustration. But we don't want our kids to perceive that we have weakness that will make them go into a sense of alarm and like, uh uh-oh, 
my parent or my nanny can't take care of me right now. And so now I need to react and I need to be bigger and defiant to kind of force them to lay down the law for me. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not thinking through this complex thought pattern like I just described, but it's an instinct that pops in. Kids aren't sitting there just maniacally thinking, oh, how can I manipulate my parent? How can I manipulate my nanny and give her a really hard time? It's more of a reaction to feeling this sense of alarm. Uh Uh-oh this person can't take care of me right now. And so then you see these problem behaviors that crop up because they sense this disconnect with the caretaker being able to take care of them. So part of that is knowing how to react when our kids are kind of unruly, difficult, frustrated, throwing tantrums, being defiant. Part of it is knowing how to react to that. And it's really important that you, your husband, your nanny, do not react in a way that communicates that Lainey is too much for you to handle too much for you to deal with because that's going to send her into the sense of kind of defiant alarm. And sometimes we do that by accident. Sometimes we do that out of frustration. Sometimes we say things that we wish we could take back. Like I can't handle you right now. Go to your room. I don't want to be around with you. That's communicating. You're too much for me to handle. So we don't want to do things like that. We need to be kind of having this strong presence that communicates. I know what to do. We're having a hard time right now, but I know how to take care of you. Even sometimes if we're having to fake it a little bit, even in sometimes inside our head, we're thinking, oh my gosh, I have no idea what to do with this in this moment. It will come, but we don't want to communicate our confusion or our frustration with our child that like, I actually don't know what to do with you right now. So instead say, we're going to get through this. We're having a hard time, but I know how to handle this and I'm going to show you the way. So communicating that sense of, I know what to do is important. And part of that comes with, like we already talked about the aggression when she has acted out aggressively, when she has hit and kick. Like I said, sometimes it can be hard not to have that ouch, but you know, as much as possible, don't draw that out. Sometimes we think if we kind of share with our children, gosh, you've really hurt me, or you've really hurt my feelings, or you've made me really sad, that that might be teaching our children empathy. That's actually not the place to go there. We want to be teaching our kids that, you know, anything you throw my way, I can handle. There are other places to talk about empathy and on the playground when Lainey maybe does something you know, not nice to another kid. Oh, you've hurt that kid's feelings. Look how they're feeling. That's a good place to go. But when it comes to our caregivers, that's a place where we want to kind of keep those feelings and emotions that are being stirred up for us to ourselves. Because when we communicate that, it's communicating you have a lot of power over me. And the truth is, it's not fair to make a child responsible for the feelings that we're having. That's actually something that we're responsible for as is our reaction to those feelings that are being stirred up for us. So we want to basically be communicating that I can take this, that you're having a hard time, but I can take this. And then later, when you're speaking with your husband, when you're communicating with your nanny, when you're talking to a friend, then go ahead and cry and say, I'm so overwhelmed, my child. But that's something we want to keep from Lainey because it will kind of make her feel, oh gosh, my parents, my caregivers don't know what to do with me. Uh-oh, I have to go into this real strong, defiant, difficult to lead mode. And we want to get her out of that as much as possible. And again, like I said, it's important to communicate that we're having a hard time, but we're going to be okay. So communicate that the relationship is going to be fine, even though we're having a hard time. Does that all make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really interesting way to put that dynamic of what I perceived as teaching them empathy. Yeah, I definitely have had heard that before, but it makes sense. Yeah, and yeah. it comes from the best instinct. Of course, we want our mm-hmm. kids to be empathetic. Of course, we want them to understand that, you know, if you do something mean or hurtful, that it can draw hard feelings for people. But again, when it comes to us parents and caregivers and teachers, you can talk through those feelings later out of the moment. But in the moment, it's more important to just kind of be reassuring them that you're going to help them, that you're here 
here that you can take this and that you're going to be helping Lainey process these difficult feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's move on to uh, some ideas of what you can be doing other than supporting Lainey and her nanny in this relationship mm-hmm. in these difficult dynamics. As we said, one of the underlying things that no doubt is a struggle for Lainey is separation. And when she's separated from you, you've heard it through having more time away from her than typical being in this, the show that you're in right now, you're hearing her like, I don't love you anymore. Obviously she still loves you. That's an act of her expressing, this is really hard for me to deal with right now. And so it's a communication for you that you think, okay, she's struggling right now with separation. And I have work to do there to kind of help that feeling kind of go away and reassure her that we're connected Four and a half year olds don't have as much of a capacity to hold on to that relationship when they're separated. It's something that kind of builds and grows through the first five or six years of life. Again, she's getting closer because she's four and a half to being able to manage and handle separation without it being quite as challenging as it would be when she was younger. Um, I wonder if separation has always been an issue for you, like in the early years when you had a nanny or when you took her to preschool, was separation more of an issue? then and she's kind of gotten a little bit more used to it or tell me a little bit more you know it's funny because separation's never been an issue for us uh in the way that it is that you see it traditionally you know we did co-op for a long time and I've seen a ton of kids get dropped off and cry for like the whole first 30 minutes before mom has left them Lainey's never like that. I would drop her off. Even the days that I worked in a co-op class, she was like, peace, mom, I don't care about you. (laughs) Uh, Which has been interesting because just this summer, uh, we all went on a cruise with my husband's family. And that's when we first saw separation issues. She didn't want to get left in the cruise childcare. She didn't want to go with my husband's family. And she wasn't, a lot of us weren't feeling well that trip. So I just chalked it up to not feeling good. And that's possibly why. But it also has been that like, there have been a different version of separation. Like the more we've talked about this, the more I've realized that I think there's a different version of separation in her that we've been seeing for a long time. It just wasn't the traditional, I don't want you to leave me at daycare kind of thing. I mean, even last Saturday, she had a dance class and she didn't want me to leave her at dance class. And that was one of the first times she's ever done that. You know, normally it's like, bye. (laughs) See ya. And it could speak to where she is developmentally. It could speak Mm -hmm. to some kind of stressors in your family right now with um, you guys having such a crazy busy schedule. This is hard for her, which is helpful because once again, we talked about earlier, we are looking at her from this perspective of curiosity. Why is separation suddenly harder for her than it used to Mm be? Why is this becoming more of an issue? And then you kind of look at where is this coming from? Where are those root causes? It's definitely what I'm hearing from what you've described going on with Lainey. So what you can do is try and make that separation a little bit easier on her to help Mm -hmm. her to hold on to your connection, both you and your husband's connection with her through periods of separation. So you want to figure out when you're going to be separated or when you're going to go into your work mode um, and you're in the same house. First, don't ever just kind of sneak out right? Mm -hmm. You want to actually be very intentional with kind of this transfer from, I call it a transfer of attachment between you and Lainey and then Lainey now and the nanny. So it's really clear. Sometimes parents think, well, gosh, I don't want to upset my child. So I'm just going to sneak out and just disappear. But then you don't give her a chance to kind of process those feelings. And then those might bubble up with a lot of frustration when she recognizes, oh, wait a minute, my parent's not here and I feel really alarmed right now. So definitely be intentional with that passing off. And then you want to, rather than focusing on, I'm leaving now, I'm going, I'm going to be out of touch. 
Instead, you want to focus more on the next point of connection, the next point of contact. So when you're getting ready to go from, we've spent a morning together and now the nanny is coming or now I'm dropping off at preschool. Instead of being like, I'm going now, I'm leaving, focus on, um, okay, we're here. Okay. So when I'm done working or when I come to pick you up, we're going to do this. We're going to have Mm -hmm. this for a snack. We're going to read this book. We're going to go do this fun activity. You point her towards the next point of contact and what that's going to look like. That gives her something to hold on to. That gives her something for her to connect to, to be excited about. The other thing that can be really helpful in terms of this bridging is to give her something to hold on to that's actually physical. So that might be you have little matching bracelets maybe and something that she can look at and be reminded of you. Maybe um, you give her a necklace of hers that she can wear. You could tuck um, when you're dropping off at preschool or even when she's with her nanny, you could give a little love note for her teacher or her nanny to read um, to her at some point during the day just to kind of communicate that you're still together even when you're apart. If you, I mean, when you're dropping off at preschool, you pack a lunch for her, you put a little note in there or even like draw a little picture of her heart. Even when she's with her nanny, you might make a special snack. You might make a little something that the nanny will give her that's from you, that you've prepared, that comes from you to, again, keep her connected to that feeling of togetherness, even even when separated. You're just trying to help your child feel connected when apart, which is hard for kids to do. It gets easier as they approach around age five or age six. So right now, kind of before you get to that stage, you're trying to kind of help this be a little bit easier for her. If you have any type of little, I love you rituals. I talked about in my last parent coach session, this book called The Kissing Hand. That's a great book that introduces this concept of kissing your child on their hand and letting them know that whenever they miss you, uh, they can put their hand up to their face and know that your love is right there next to them. It's a great children's book. I will put the link in my show notes or you might look it up, Elizabeth, and Mm -hmm. introduce that little I love you ritual into kind of part of your um, kind of helping her bridge that separation just to kind of keep in front of your child the idea that you're still together. And so mm-hmm. helping her become more comfortable with those feelings versus trying to avoid them and lashing out because it's an overwhelming feeling to feel kind of that alarm from separation. So finding ways to kind of bridge that separation could be helpful for Lainey and when she has those times when she's away from you. Does that make sense? Yes, total sense. Yeah, that all sounds really helpful. I had an idea as you were talking about like, what if like next week I don't need uh, our nanny to work because it's the holidays, but uh, she's around. And I thought, what if the three of us went on a date together and like, it was just fun. And it wasn't about like, you're now in charge of uh, her and I'm leaving or whatever. We just actually hung out and took the pressure off, you know? Yeah. And then having that time just be about connection and the fact that that Mm -hmm. kind of means that matchmaking idea. One last Mm -hmm. little idea in terms of kind of how to help Lainey, like you said, you've been going through this period of a lot of, you know, kind of busy schedules and stress to be really intentional with one-on-one time with Lainey. Mm -hmm. Even when you're together, when we're together with our kids, we think, okay, I'm with my kid all the time, but we might be distracted. We might be taking care of laundry, dishes, wrapping presents, all these things we've got to get do right got to do right now. Just because we're in the same home, the same space does not mean that our child is feeling that sense of connection. So being really intentional when there's a period where there's less time together, say we're going to have special time. It doesn't have to be hours, like 10, 15 minutes of distraction-free, 100%. My focus is on you, Lainey. The phone is off. I'm not going to look at anything other than your face. We're going to play together and actually call it that. Actually give it that name. We're going to have some special time right now. So she knows, oh, okay, this is going to be this great time, this connection, something I can rely on. So I don't have to feel like I have to work and make that 
time happen for myself. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth, for sharing your story with us today. I'm sure there's so many parents out there that can relate to what you described. And if any of you out there listening would like to be a guest on my show for a future podcast where I'll do another parent coach session, please contact me at the3dparent.com. There's a contact form right there on my website. You can reach out to me and let me know that you're interested in hashing out a parenting challenge. I'd love to have the opportunity to be a part of your parenting journey. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope it has provided you with the inspiration you need for building stronger relationships with your children and trusting your instincts when it comes to parenting. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered on the podcast, or if you'd like one-on-one parent coaching, head over to the3dparent.com and click the contact tab to send me your question. If today's discussion empowered your parenting, please be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social media. So take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at the3dparent. I look forward to meeting you here again next week on the 3D Parent Podcast.